I think more recently, I, I've been in more interviews where I have seen specifically women who have told me, I believe I am well qualified for this role and I'm really interested in it. I love that. I mean, isn't that what you want? <laughs> you want people who are confident and interested and ambitious. I'm Katie Litchfield, founder of WeQualt, driving gender equality in the world's largest organizations. Today, join me in discussions with Rob Fauber, President and CEO of Moody's Corporation since January 2021. Rob's career at Moody's spans 19 years, including roles as Chief Operating Officer and Head of Commercial. Rob brings a wealth of experience to that leadership table. So get comfortable as we explore Rob's insights on leadership, strategic initiatives, and the crucial journey to gender equality at the top of the corporate world. Okay, so Rob, you've had a remarkable 18-year career with Moody's. What do you think is the advantage of staying with one company? Yeah, Katie, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, when I started my career, I was impatient. And I think a lot of people are, a lot of younger people, right? You know, I thought that every two years, there had to be something new, something different, some promotion, some new job. And uh, when I came to Moody's, I was, um, I was 35 years old. And I told myself, I'm going to be patient. And I did my first job here. I was the head of corporate development. I did that job for seven years. And eventually, the right opportunity opened up. The company has grown incredibly over 18 years. You know, we, we now have a whole second division that's more than half the revenues. And I had an opportunity to be involved in establishing that. And today, it's, it's, uh, it's a very important part of the company. And, and I guess the other thing, Katie, I, I had an opportunity to build a wonderful network. And so by being patient, I was able to build that network and then benefit from that network. So it's funny. I, this is what I usually say to, to younger people, you know, just give, <laughs> give it a shot, you know, be patient, see how it works out. And tell me, who is Rob outside of your role at Moody's? I've got a little bit of a bulky knee, so that's been uh, slowing me down a little bit to my, to my great chagrin. Uh, but I love to bike. I love to hike, uh, kayak, I mean, all, all that kind of stuff. You know, I just, I love the outdoors. I love to travel. Uh, I've traveled a lot with work. I've been very fortunate. I've traveled with my family. I also, um, I have roots in Virginia. Uh, there's a family farm in Virginia. I've posted about it on LinkedIn. Y you know, that, that's an important part of, of who I am. And can you tell us more about the importance of family to you? My family is a great support system. And my wife is an absolutely incredible sounding board. She's an active listener. She's an avid reader. Um, she always asks me great questions. And, you know, when you get to a, a, a job like a CEO of a big public company, you, you need a great partner. And I also would say that, you know, I, I play different roles. And I talk about this at the firm, you know, yes, I'm the CEO, but I'm a husband. I'm a, I'm a dad. Uh, I'm a son. I'm a friend. And I want to be present in all of those roles. The other thing I would say, Katie, is my family keeps it real. And I think that's really, really important. If I have a bad day at work, it's really comforting to be able to come home and be with your family who you know loves you, you know, unconditionally. Tell us a little bit about Moody's. Could you briefly explain what you do for our listeners who don't know? So a lot of people 
would know us from the ratings agency, right? It's been around for over a hundred years and we rate more than $70 trillion in global debt. That's a big number. We're a $65 billion market cap company. Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett are our largest investors. Um, but we've really grown over the years and especially over the last five, six years. And then we have some other really wonderful businesses. Uh, we have the world's largest database on companies and credit. And we have three cloud-based software as a service businesses that support banking insurance and know your customer workflows. What has been your biggest challenge as a leader that you've had to face in your whole career? That's a big question. <laughs> well, there have been, been a few. There's no shortage of, of big challenges lately. I tell you, it's like I got in the point where I started to worry about the month of March. You know, each March is like, it was a pandemic. It was the Russian invasion of Ukraine. You know, it's you know, the pandemic was an enormous challenge. You know, so I had just become the chief operating officer at the firm and all of us had to deal with this. So it's not, this is not unique to me in any way. It's just that, you know, I had an important role at a, at a big global systemically important company. We would have set up, you know, task forces and working groups and we would have consumed every, every moment of that year getting ready for it. And instead we just, we did it in five days. That was a tremendous challenge because it was a constant case of first impressions. Now, as you know, I'm hugely passionate about getting more women to the top. Uh, what's your opinion about advancing women to the top of companies? And what's happening at Moody's with this? You know, if you, if you just think about it from a simple business perspective, you want to draw from the widest possible pool of talent that you can. And if you think about our business, a big part of our business is about opinions and insight. You know, we, we, uh, we have a real focus uh, on the advancement of women. It's, it's a big pillar of our inclusion strategy here at the firm. We have a number of uh, development programs uh, that support people all over the firm, including uh, women. You know, we have a lot of women in very prominent, important positions uh, at the firm. We've got an operating committee of 23 leaders, 40% of that is women. You know, there's a few tools that we have to try to support and develop our female talent. We want to develop all of our talent, but but we have programs to support our, our, our female talent. What would you say is the biggest challenge globally for listed companies in getting more women to the top? Because it, the dial is taking a long time uh, to shift. What's going on there? What do you think is the biggest challenge? You know, we struggle with this and I think I think other companies do as well. We see a big drop off in female representation between the non-officer level and the first level officers. We all have theories about why that might be the case, but we, we're really trying to drill down on that to understand what is going on. Why do we have this drop off rate there? Um, and is it about development? Is it about retention? Is it about the nature of the work? What is it that is, is leading to us? losing women at that first level officer point is so important. You know, if you want to have uh, a, a diverse mix of senior leadership, you've got to make sure that you're retaining diverse leaders all, all throughout the organization. And so we saw a big drop off. And so we're really trying to understand what that is. You know, what are the, what are the reasons for that so that we can address that and 
make sure that we're retaining that talent and diverse talent and female talent in that pool of people that then is feeding uh you know levels of of senior leadership so some some work for us to to be done there for sure from my experience of years of doing this isolation seems to be one of the biggest ones isolation yeah tell me a little more about that so from my experience uh the women when they get to that uh, and we're talking about um, management level kind of first management level are we that's right yeah uh very much it's the first time them do it this the first time that they're they're managing people uh they can find it very isolating they want to do well but they don't want to kind of reach out for help either because they want to impress, you know, and do their job. But also it's quite hard for them to, there's not going to be that many women at that level, to be honest, sometimes. I found out that when I held women-only events at this level and I spoke to them individually, they're all telling me exactly the same story. And that's one of the main reasons why I started Weekwell as well is because when women realize that it's not just them, that actually they all experience this and it's okay to experience this and to give them that safe space to actually share what's going on, that does wonders, right? Because you, you're not broken, right? It's not just you. And so to be able to give that um, sense of a, a cohort, right? You're in this together, that sense of belonging. And I think it is very different from women that is often the age where they're starting families as well. And you do have that balance that you've got to give as well before burnout. There's a huge amount of pressure, particularly on that level. And at some point, if they do think they're on their own and it's their job or their family, they will always choose their family. That's my experience anyway. And that's some, that's some great insight. And, you know, that also feels like something that we can do something about, though. The other main reason I started Weekwell is because I spoke to a lot of CEOs and they said that they were they wanted to hire more women onto their executive committees, but they were struggling to find them. What has been your experiencing with hirings? Yeah, I mean, this also goes back to why succession planning is so important, right? That you, you know, it takes years to yeah. develop your talent within your organization. So I'd say it's it's two things. I, one, uh, we've got a lot of wonderful uh, female talent at the firm to draw from. There were just a lot of really experienced, talented, skilled female leaders in our corporate finance group. And you know, over time, there were opportunities that opened up. And, and so we ended up with a number of female leaders in that group. It's interesting. We uh, this is public. We, we're currently in the midst of an internal and external search process for our chief financial officer. There's a lot of depth of female talent. And I remember when we were looking five, six years ago, it didn't feel quite the same. So I actually feel like there's been real progress. When you interview, is there anything that you notice about women that what they do in interviews that men don't? That you're just you just want to kind of scream advice for them. Um, you know, I think we've all heard over the years sometimes that women don't have the same confidence that men exhibit. Mm -hmm. I remember having a, a woman tell me that she had just gone through one of our high potential programs, and there was a an opportunity that opened up. She said, "I don't think I'm ready." <laughs> I said, well, yeah, "Of course you're ready." You just you know, while you may not think you are ready, 
you've got the skills and the capability and that's why we're investing in you in this program and i think more recently i i've been in more interviews where i have seen specifically women who have told me i am i believe i am well qualified for this role and i'm really interested in it i love that i mean isn't that what you want <laughs> you want people who are yeah. confident and interested and ambitious that's a very valid point what advice would you give the male leaders on how to encourage, engage with women and actually help them advance? It is ultimately about the ability to understand what other people feel and see things from their point of view. It makes us better colleagues. It makes us better managers. It makes us better people. I have to say, I, I've gotten a lot of value out of going to our business resource groups over the years, hearing from my female colleagues and just hearing their perspectives hearing what their challenges are. I have really leaned into that and it has been incredibly valuable for me because I have learned so much about what is going on at the company, how people are feeling, who might be thinking about different opportunities. There's something for men to take away just in terms of engaging with women uh, and learning more about it from those informal interactions. I love that. Really, really awesome. Final question, Rob. Any parting thoughts that we haven't touched on or is there anything that you want to reiterate for our listeners? You know, none, none of us is perfect. Um, <laughs> no one's got it all figured out. I, I certainly don't. N no one says the right thing all the time. The best we can do, though, is we, we can try. It means learning. It means supporting. Because I think a lot of things come out of that. If you just listen and you learn and you intentionally support your colleagues, and that includes your female colleagues who have different lived experiences, perhaps, than, than me, um, good things come out of that. I want to thank you for you know, bringing me on to this. I also, Katie, want to thank you for you know, the engagement we've had with, with WeQual because um, you know, back to this idea of learning, by engaging with you and your colleagues and, and, and the women that I've gotten a chance to engage with, you know, it helps us really learn about how do we attract, retain, and develop world-class female talent to help us fulfill our mission. So I, I really appreciate it. Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. I can't thank you enough for your time um, and your energy. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. Tune in next week when I'll be speaking to another corporate leader seeking to transform the working world for women. Hit subscribe, be inspired and be part of the change.